As we read the gospel, hear the words from Luke in the second chapter, beginning in the 14th verse. Beginning in the 15th verse, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. And when they saw this, they made known what, they, what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. It's over. Is it over? Is Christmas over? Were there some of you that were just were saying that with a little bit of excitement because the last few weeks have been so hectic that you kind of like to go back to normal life? I think there's some of that. I think if the church was full of youngsters under 10, they would say, no, don't let it be over. Let it keep coming. I love it. As a youngster of about 10, I had the fortune to have a lot of aunts and uncles and also to be the, uh, close to the oldest of the children. And we would make the rounds from house to house, and it seems as if they were all trying to outdo themselves on the gifts that they were going to give me and my sisters at that time. It's over. Some would say it's over with a sense of smile because it was just perfect. But is Christmas always perfect? Did anybody burn the gravy? Did anybody forget to take the gravy out after they were heating it up? Did anyone, well, did any uncle or aunt maybe tell a story that's been told a few times before? Did any of us do that? It's over. But the words that hit me the hardest are Mary's. When Mary, when it is said of Mary or she said, she took all of these things and treasured them in her heart and pondered them in her heart. One of the dangers I have in normal life is to go 100 miles an hour when I should be going two miles an hour and observing what's going on. Mary, in the last little less than a year, had had so many experiences that they, they needed a two-mile-an-hour drive-by, not a hundred-mile-an-hour drive-by. What had happened to Mary? She'd had an angel come to her with a story about her going to have a child, and she says, but I don't even, I don't even know a man, and, and the angel says, oh, that's okay, just 
you know, that'll, that'll be okay. It'll all work out. Mary either had to be a person of great faith or incredibly gullible. And I wonder if the great faith didn't come a little bit later. And then, well, she's still trying to process all of this stuff. What is she going to do about her boyfriend, Joseph? Older than her, maybe wiser, but how is he going to take to the understanding of I'm going to have a child and God's got something special to do with it and, uh, oh, he's going to say sure. In fact, in one of the accounts, it says that when an angel came to him, he said, well, I'm planning to quietly put her aside. In other words, he wasn't going to make a big deal of it, although most everyone in the village would. How did she handle that? The story to Joseph was somewhat similar, and maybe that helped because two of them were in on this, but wow. And then she goes to see her cousin. And what happens with Elizabeth? When she gets there, the baby that is in Elizabeth's womb leaps for joy. How do you understand that? What do you do with that? And then I believe there were hundreds, if not thousands, of experiences that are left out of Scripture as she deals with her thoughts and her questions about what was happening to her. But when it's about time for the child to be born, they have to go pay taxes. And in countries controlled by the Romans at that time, you had to return to the homeland of your family. And so this meant, because Joseph was from Bethlehem, they had to make the about a week trip. And that was a trip. You walked, and it was hot. And she was about to give birth. To a child. Can you imagine the thoughts that she was having at that time? She walked on. And then they get there to Bethlehem. And the reservation got lost. Or they didn't have enough money for the reservation. Or, well, there just wasn't a place to stay. And I'm sure Joseph did everything he could. He probably tried to slip the innkeeper a little more money, but nothing would work. And finally he said, well, you can go down to the barn. Barns in those, that part of the country were caves. A barn, at least you can open a door on either end and get a little ventilation from what the barn would smell like. Barns are not as romantic as those of us who are city slickers think. They are places that can be cold. They are places where the smell is not one that you like to have with you. And then, and then the baby is born. What a joy. What a joy. And she celebrates that. We don't know what Joseph and Mary said or did, but I've got to believe that they were thrilled and excited. And then, and then, the shepherds, 
Now you gotta understand shepherds. Shepherds were the lowest class, or lower, almost the lowest class of all of the working people of the Mideast at that time. And part of that was because they were not able to do all the religious functions because you had to take care of the sheep and there wasn't time to do all of the purifications and went with that. And they came and they wanted to celebrate the birth of the child. And they said, angels came and sang with a, as a great choir and now we are celebrating too. And they celebrated and celebrated. Now they've gone home. Mary's delivered a baby, had 25 or 50 or 100 guests that weren't anticipated. What do you think she would do? Don't you think it'd be okay to just fall off to sleep right at that moment? But it said Mary did two things. She treasured these thoughts and she pondered them. I'm going to draw a distinction between those two. Treasuring is like filing. Treasuring is holding on to them. Treasuring is remembering who gave you what so that you can respond to the question that will be asked next year. There's something valuable and powerful about remembering. For as you remember, you sometimes remember more than just the gift, but you remember the one that gave it to you, and you remember the joy, and you remember. But pondering to me, is what makes this experience unique. What is pondering? Pondering is thinking about it. Pondering is holding on to it. Pondering is making a connection between that gift or that experience and what's going on in your life. Pondering is maybe asking why. Pondering maybe attempting to bring things together. And pondering, pondering can be, it can be a new way of looking at facts from the past that allow us to see, is it possible God was a part of that? I didn't understand it back then, and I don't fully understand it now, but as I think about it, as I ponder it, I have a new sense of life and importance. You see in a different light. What are we going to remember about this Christmas? Those are individual questions. It may be the smile of a grandchild, it may be realizing some pain in other people's lives. It may be something you did. It may be a sunrise, a sunset. It can be almost anything. But life is more than remembering. Life for Mary was pondering, connecting with the past and connecting with the future and definitely convecting connecting with the experience of God's love and God's grace. I don't think that's the last time we have Mary pondering. If you follow her life in the Gospels, it's rather sketchy. 
There were times she was upset with Jesus. And how did she relate that to what he was doing? There were times when she couldn't understand why he would rather spend time in the temple than spend it in the workshop. And as we get to the end of the Jesus story in the Gospels, Mary connects, I believe, the reality of the cross with the reality of the birth. As she ponders, not fully understanding, oh, we don't quite get there, but catching a glimpse of the reality that she hadn't experienced before, seeing life in a different light. That's my prayer for myself, my family, for all of you and all of the others who have been touched by the reality of God's presence this Christmas Eve. Let's do some pondering. To God be the glory. Amen.